0: Oi, oi, melon farmers. This is the iGen UK podcast. This is episode 244 again. Are we doing episode 244 again? Yes, 244 again. Episode 244 again. I'm Daniel Cooper I'm joined by the beardy Chris Tilly. Hello, pod
1: people. And the magical Richard Burpard. Hello. Who's so magic that he, he made last week's podcast, which we did record. He made it disappear, didn't you, Rich? I did. I'll make it come back. I couldn't make it come no, back. I'll make it okay. come back. I'm not that good. So yeah, I guess we kick off with an apology because not only did we lose last week's podcast or we weren't able to publish it, but it was actually a really good one. I'm quite sad. Well, it's probably it? the best one that's I'll, ever been recorded. I I, no, but I was <laughs> relaxed. I had fun. The, the I was ban- engaged throughout. Banter, banter was had and enjoyed by all. Yeah. Um, we did a good talking point, which maybe we'll, we won't say what it is because maybe we can use it in a future show. There is some so, thought that the podcast maybe is not salvageable, mm. but
0: we were going to maybe put it out on the Igen UK podcast Facebook group that, that. the
1: listeners have Duck set Hunt. up.
2: Duck Hunt, yeah. Uh, and, to, but,
1: yeah. Maybe explain what happened. So Rich. what
2: happened is we've got a, a piece of kit called a TriCaster, and it records. <laughs> mm. It records our podcast. Is that um, kind of like
0: a visual audio mixer? Yeah. Well, it's yeah, a yeah. It's,
2: it's a visual broadcast mixer. Oh yeah. Nice. If you like. Yeah. And basically it went wrong and went I was glitchy. That was a waste of money, wasn't it? I was a waste of 10 grand. Yeah. So we've got a very glitchy podcast, video and audio form, which you can have if you want, but there's just parts of it which are a bit unbearable to listen to. What, is it like Stuttery? Yeah.
0: Mm. I think we should put it out there for the, the for people who really love the pod. But then we can't
1: do that talking point again.
2: Well, you can't we can't really can hear can, it anyway, we, to we can, <laughs> yeah, we
1: can, we just do it better. All right. Um, It'll be like... Dylan's basement tapes so am I right in thinking you've still got a job here yeah that's surprising to me that yeah although we are looking for new video people oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no coincidence let them yeah. do the podcast <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so yeah massive massive apologies that there was nothing to listen to last week mm. sorry about that yeah and we don't have any feedback this week because we did it all last week no so. feedback
0: so but we'll make this one doubly good to make up for it that's oh, no, a lot of pressure now so
1: what have we been up to apart from crying over the lost podcast, Chris? Well, I I went um, to a very special screening of Flash Gordon at the British Museum. Uh, now, you went last year, didn't you, Dan, to a screening there? I did. There. I went
0: to last year as part of the BFI's gothic season that ran from October to January, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they put on three um, classic horror movies outside on the lawn, and I went to see The Mummy. Which is very cool because scenes of that,
1: um, it's the hammer mummy, uh, Mm. take place in the British Museum. That's cool. What did you see? Uh, I saw Flash Gordon, scenes of which do not take place inside the British Museum, but equally special. But you were sitting with the plebs, I sat in the VIP seats. Yeah, right. uh, Which meant that I got to sit by Michael Hodges, the director, who's a bit of a hero of mine, made Get Carter, uh, and um, Brian Blessed your best mate and I went and spoke to Brian Blessed and did a picture with him and had a chat and he swore loads he, taught, he told two sex stories just to me and my missus and then he went up on stage and told more sex stories and swore wow. uh, he swore so much and, and the, the guy had to apologise the host saying uh, thanks Brian for using the F word that many times at this family screening of the PG rated Flash Gordon and he kind of grabbed the microphone off him and swore some more <laughs> and it was just like this Is big he- burly cartoon character bounding around is he just always like that? Yeah, he's then always like off. that. I, I've interviewed him once before, only over the phone, and then sp- spoken to a variety of people who've, who've met him, and he's always on. He's always like that, which I think would drive you, you mad. He can't after help swearing? No, he just, just he, he loves his... to swear great and you could just hear him going around just every now and then you'd hear because he, he went and spoke to a few people he, he came out of the VIP area just to do pictures or whatever and do interviews and every now and then you'd hear from the distance of, Gordon's
2: alive
1: <laughs> like he just he loves doing it, that yeah. he doesn't mind doing it at all no I think he was doing an interview with the BBC and he did it at least twice during the interview amazing. is he like mean um, his picture taken with people is he a nice yeah he was like, I was watching the BBC celeb. I think it was BBC and it was quite funny they did the interview and then they asked for a picture and then the publicist asked to get in the picture and then the cameraman asked me, he put down his video camera and he got in the bit like everyone wanted everyone a picture a bit blessed. blessed yeah he doesn't but the film was great it's 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 really is one of my favorite comic book movies because it's just it's way out there it's camp it's it and it looks like a comic book brought to life it's all these vivid prime colors and it's just it's crackers really but strangely adult material like there's a lot of S&M stuff underneath the surface that's quite Ooh. bizarre and there's a weird thing about Ming and his daughter you know clearly they've gotten it on and it's like ask, this is ask, weird ask, in like a family Ming comic book, that's good, good pun but yeah, if you haven't seen Flash Gordon, check it out and and that was kind of uh, precursor to the BFI Sci-Fi Season, which is called Days of Fear and Wonder, and that's running at the uh, the BFI on the South Bank, but also at cinemas all across the country, all over the BBC iPlayer, uh, the TV stations, from October to December. And I'm sure we're going to do lots on that nearer the yeah. time. They,
0: I don't think they've announced the um, specific screenings yet, but you can register your interest and when like booking goes online. Yeah. But they've they've named a lot of films that will be a part of it, and there's a lot of yeah. biggies, some
1: more interesting titles as well. Yeah. We they do TV stuff as well. There's a um. There's a screening of 2001 I'm definitely going to go to because I've never seen that on the big screen and I've been kind of waiting for the right opportunity. And then another thing I was interested in is a documentary about Jerry Anderson. Oh, nice. Which I think would be having its world premiere. So that maybe we'll do a review of that.
0: Yeah. Anyone nice. else done anything? I I've done, I've done, I've just moved out with my flat, but that's not very interesting
1: or pod worthy. No. So skip that. My, my flat's on the market. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you uh, need to buy, a yeah, get in touch with me direct or don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rich, have you been up to anything? Nope. All
0: right. So shall we very much move on to news? <laughs> Do Let's news. go on to the news. Some stuff has been happening in the tech world, Richard.
2: Yes, the tech world has been alive and well with the IFA happening in Berlin over. Um, well, this is going out on a Friday, so it will be two days ago. Um, <laughs> or or the, uh, if you're listening or, or, in a year. Again. A year and two days. Yes. Are you listening in listening
0: in ten years? What's ten the, years and two days. What's the news? Well, rich? Okay,
2: so as we know, virtual reality is becoming increasingly popular and is with it? Facebook buying Oculus, mm-hmm. Rift as we know, and Samsung has unveiled their um, version of their VR headset and it's called the Gear VR. So along the same lines as the Galaxy Gear Watch and all that kind of stuff that, that they're trying to get, get you to use with their phones. Um, so it's a wearable virtual reality device which is powered by Oculus. It's got the same kind of technology that's... So They've made it in association with Oculus. Yeah, and okay. it, so it's got kind of like the, the bubbled glass on the insides, which mm-hmm. is what you're looking through. Um, it's powered by the Galaxy Note 4 so this is the interesting thing about this is it's kind of a self-contained unit it's not hooked up to any wires it's completely so you pop your phone in it yep it's got a little panel on the front which you take off your Samsung Galaxy Note 4 goes in there you pop it back on and then that's actually what powers it so all the brains are in in the actual device itself so you've got like your um, accelerometer your gyroscope your proximity center that's all in there and it basically just powers it from the phone. Are you getting this,
0: Chris? Hmm, interesting. What do you think? So you, if you buy the headset, yeah. it's like a shell, and then you pop your phone in it, and that's the, 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 the kind of electronics in that's it. That's the power, yeah, yeah.
2: That's what it gives it. So you can turn your phone into a VR headset? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's bonkers. I mean, it comes preloaded with a couple of films. I think you've got, like, an Avengers thing on there, so you can pretend to be Tony Stark. There's a couple of games, like, space S- games in there. So... Have they mentioned anything about pricing on this? Because surely the headset, then the phone's the expensive part. You've yeah. already got that
0: if you've got a Samsung Galaxy.
2: There's no word on price yet, um but they're saying it's coming out this fall. So that's it's really kind close. of like a
1: head cradle, isn't it? It's, it's a head-mounted cradle. The mm.
2: Samsung Galaxies are quite big and bulky,
1: though. Yeah, they're and you have got to attach that to your head. Well, well the, it goes with on the, the front. Was well, so the phone's
0: like that? So you just right, slide it into okay, the panel. yeah, yeah. So w- basically, that is the screen. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah. That's.
2: I'm intrigued I need I to have a that. look at I get it. on the tube and just, whoosh, there you go they're obviously trying to connect it with games as well as films mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and the only kind of control that you can use at the moment is there's a touch panel on the side of it and instead of using like a physical controller so like Oculus Rift where you'll have a, a controller like in front of you um, say like a 360 controller in front of you or whatever well that's how they've been demoing it anyway this doesn't have that so I'm sure there'll be External controller support, use eventually. Watch. Gear watch. <laughs> yeah, probably use Google Voice. Probably Bluetooth controller that you can pair with the phone anyway. Yeah, but, but that's not kind
0: of been talked about yet. You know what I'm not looking forward to is people using VR in public spaces because mm, that's yeah. inevitable. Like, it's annoying enough that people... Are you drawing on the sofa? Mm. What are you doing? Just, just doodling. It's not school, Chris. Doodling. Um, f- people using that in public. It's annoying when people like take photos of, with iPads. I just can see people starting Mm. to use VR in public spaces. That'll be uh, be quite annoying.
2: On long journeys, I think. I think on a plane or a train. I'm trying
1: to think where else I'd use it. Bit weird in your living room, I think, still. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on what the experience is. Yeah, well, every couple of years I seem to go down and try a demo of, of, a, of a new VR headset that never takes off. Oculus. It's is been going be off. It's been. Know, it's been going on for years, yeah. though. Yeah, and, yeah. and I guess Oculus is the one that's. Like, well, I think it's like um, it'll take
0: one that nails mm. it and makes it easy, and it's like it's an epiphany moment. It's like touchscreens and iPads and iPhones. Mm. Touchscreens were always terrible, like at train stations, so all that sort of thing. Like really rubbish. All a stylus, and and then somebody did it. They did it well, and now touchscreens are just pretty much ubiquitous.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's hard to see virtual reality becoming so popular that everyone's kind of walking around with Martin. But I don't. But know. who knows? Who knows what the future holds? I don't. They'd... No, so yeah, I
1: do. What does it hold, Chris? Uh, it holds a new superhero movie. And- they're going to make another superhero movie see what i done there see that link that was a nice link um, so Dwayne Johnson has been linked with the Shazam movie for about five years now and the question mark was always over if he was cast in the movie would he play uh, the good guy Shazam or would he play the bad guy Black Adam and we recently thought it was definitely Shazam because he kind of spoke to Total Film and, and did this very strange interview where he kind of said, I'm not going to say what it is, who I'm playing, but just say the word. And it made us all think, well, he's playing Shazam because that's the word that Billy Batson says to turn into the superhero character. But today uh, or yesterday, rather, or this week, even um, they announced <laughs> he announced on his Twitter and it got announced a variety as well that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to play Black Adam who is kind of the villain of the movie so that's a slight surprise but I think it's because we'd all kind of got used to the thought of him playing the hero mm. but um, he's kind of like a Shazam-like character Black Adam he's an Egyptian similar prince pla- similar powers yeah similar powers which are like Superman's powers um, he was a real baddie back in the day but more recently they've kind of pitched him as kind of an anti-hero trying to clear his name and am I right in saying that when when The Rock Johnson tweeted it he used the hashtag anti-hero he used the hashtag anti-hero and uh, so I think there's going to be a lot more to this than meets the eye really because you don't cast him in your superhero movie just to play the villain in one movie. So I think this is going, going to be, be Black a, Adam spin-offs or is he a Loki type? Yeah, uh, a Loki I've seen people type. make Loki um, comparison there mm-hmm. or Magneto. Magneto who, uh, both of whom movies. haven't had a spin-off movie yet but may well do. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. But also I mean uh, G- Jim and Jim and Joshua had a chat about it on the site yesterday and uh, they were talking about the fact that it's quite similar to past roles that The Rocks yeah. played. Yeah. Scorpion King and Hercules have pretty similar backstories to Black Adam. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I guess I guess that makes him a good fit, but equally, have we seen it all before? Well, he can definitely play a villain, even as The Rock in WWE. He was a good villain. In yeah, that, yeah, role. He's, well, he's, he's great.
0: Isn't yeah, yeah, like is. The charisma, like if you need another big star, like, because, you know, some people might say that Henry Cavill is maybe not the, you know, most charismatic of
1: leads maybe Mm. you don't want that for Superman yeah The Rock has charisma in abundance he does Mm. he's a likeable heel and I guess that's what this guy's going to be this character's going to be quite strange
0: to see him and Jesse Eisenberg have a scene together Mm. I can't really imagine them on camera together. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, um, they, they talked about the tone of the film. They've, they haven't really said whether it's going to be in the same universe as Batman v Superman, because tonally it sounds like it's going to be very different. Okay. It's going to, um, the uh, Who's this guy? Emmerich. Toby Emmerich, who's the New Line cinema president, said, um, It feels to me like Shazam will have a tone unto itself. It's a DC comic, but it's not a Justice League character and it's not a Marvel comic. The tone and the feeling of the movie will be different from the other range of comic books. Uh, movies. It will have oh. a sense of fun and a sense of humour, but the stakes have to be real. They've got a guy called Darren Lemke doing the uh, screenplay, and he did Shrek Forever After and Jack the Giant Slayer. Oh, now I'm excited. Yeah, mm. want to see it now. But we won't read too much into nah, that because you,
0: uh, you often see that screenwriters have worked on some bad movies. Yeah. It might not. It's nothing to do with yeah, the script. I, yeah. I
1: remember hearing the Jack the Giant Slayer script was supposed to be very good, yeah, so. as well. But the film wasn't. Um, so now they've got to find a guy to play, you know, Captain Marvel, Shazam. It's, it's weird that it's not the kind of saying that it might not be linked to the other movies. Mm. That's
0: a, that they, they haven't said much either. They haven't, they said, haven't said, no, said anything either That's um, strange messaging because mm. one would just assume that it's going to be somehow part of the
1: bigger universe who knows maybe they haven't decided maybe they don't know but we, they've got a <laughs> yeah, cast Shazam now so any ideas as to who should play the goody the superhero in this movie no, I don't really know much
0: about Shazam in general I'm more mm. of a I've always been more of a Marvel boy mm. but he used to be called Captain Marvel didn't he he did and then there was a court ruling where they had to rename the character because Marvel oh um,
1: Captain Marvel <laughs> yeah which is a shame because I like the name Captain Marvel but um, our guys in the States suggested Channing Tatum Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess it'd re- reunite the G.I. Joe cast yeah uh, Joshua liked Rob Riggle
0: really I can see you because he's supposed to be quite I guess if they're going for that lighter
1: tone as well yeah and he's really a man because it's kind of like a, com- a superhero version of Big yeah mm. you know it's a kid it's a kid Who- in a man's body so I guess you've got to have someone that's got a sense of fun and like a child a childlike kind of innocence to them which I think Channing Tatum definitely has because yeah. he yeah, he plays definitely. he plays dopey quite well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And maybe Rob Riggle has. he's certainly got a, f- a, f- a twinkle in his eye, and he. I tell you what, he's belie- he'll be believable in the action scenes because he used to be a soldier. Who did Rob? Uh, Rob Riggle? Yeah, really for years. Yeah, he's only just left the like I think his National Guard maybe, and he has been all the way through his Hollywood career. He's been taking Please. time off to, wow. to, to wow. serve in the National Guard. So he's proper tough. Yeah. this sounds like a strange project to me. It does, but it, you know what? It, it sounds uh, different. Like you just I just want different. No, it sounds interesting.
0: We? Like I wonder if they are going to pitch it more at younger audience because it's just a weird project. Because of all the characters to come out with next, it's definitely I don't think one of the more recognisable. Mm. I suppose Green Lantern flopped a bit. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought Flash. We'd hear a Flash announcement first or Aquaman.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Well, have we got any more superhero news, Daniel? We
0: do indeed, Christopher. Nice link again. Um, so, we know Doctor Strange is happening even though it's kind of not been officially announced still. I think it's still not it been not? officially. Didn't say it at Comic-Con. Um, we know Scott Derrickson is directing it though mm-hmm. and lots of actors are in the line to play Stephen Strange. One of the... One of them that's quite strongly tipped is Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Now, there's a report um, out there that one of the reasons why we've not heard more on the movie is they're having trouble locking down the lead actor. Mm. And Joaquin Phoenix, f- in particular, because he might be balking at the prospect of doing a multi-picture deal he's not yeah. that kind of actor he's been more selective in the roles he's picked throughout mm. his career he's never been kind of part of a big franchise mm. secondly I think there's some concerns about whether Joaquin Phoenix can do this type of mu- movie he's obviously a great actor if you see The Master or pretty much any of these films mm. he's a great actor whether he can do special effect work whether he can do CGI whether he can work in those kind of environments and I think that's why Marvel that's what the rumour is that's why Marvel have kind of not announced him as Doctor
2: Strange yet Mm. Interesting. I can see him as Doctor Strange. I mean, he's, he's got a very odd personality, hasn't he? <laughs> he's, just, he's, he's just weird. He's a complicated yeah.
1: character, I would Yeah, say. that's the right word, no, complicated, he's, I think. He's
0: just an amazing actor. He is. It would be a massive coup for them. But it's a weird thing to say. if this, I, I if this is If this is true, that... Oh, we we have doubts about him whether he can do previs and like mm. fight scenes on green screen. If he's if he's a great actor, yeah, exactly. That is
1: acting. That's a weird thing to say. That is, that is just <coughs> acting. Again, this mm. is a
0: rumor. This isn't yeah. coming from Marvel or anywhere mm. official. That that is the essence of acting. I remembering um, what um, Ian McKellen says to Ricky Gervais's character in in Extras. He goes, "What do I do, I'm, I imagine myself as that character <laughs> in that scene." <laughs> and then I say the lines that are written <laughs> and that is acting that is my method <laughs> and
2: surely yeah. Joaquin
0: Phoenix can be an actor in front of a green screen the other thing is, I'm sure he's done theatre before yeah, yeah.
2: So, it's very strange it depends if he bounces well off people Like if, if that's yeah. his preferred method I guess it's a very
1: strange thing to to, to, to leak out um, but we, we did a superhero show on casting Doctor Strange. This was a great actor. and I think he was—I think he was my Real, pick. Yeah. I think my, my other my other favorite was Daniel Day Lewis, but I thought he'd never do it. But Joaquin Phoenix was the one I thought if they yeah. could do it, like he just seems like the most interesting choice. Yeah, he really does. Oh, I, I hope they can sort that out yeah. because I think the movie becomes much more interesting if you've you got an actor like him, him on board. Like that's incredible. Yeah, like this um
0: that monologue he does in the Master. Imagine mm-hmm. him doing something like that as Doctor
2: Strange. <laughs> that's
1: crazy. Yeah. yeah.
2: So hopefully, yeah, hopefully that turns around. Cool. Well, it's true even. Even if there is a remote possibility of him playing that role, mm-hmm. I'd like to see it, which leads me on very nicely to the next piece of news. What <laughs> will be the judge of that? Remote play. Do you get it? Uh, mm. It feels yeah. a bit forced, but let's, let's, that a go. Bit force? let's right. go with it. I'll work on it. So PS4 remote play is hitting Sony devices, namely the Xperia Z3 um, compact and yeah, so uh, the Xperia Z3 and the Xperia Z3 Compact and the Xperia Z3 tablet, which were announced easy at the easy IFA. To say. I know. Okay. So um, <laughs> as we know, we've got remote play on the Vita already, uh-huh. which allows you to play games over your home Wi-Fi in a different room. Um, if you if your PS4 is turned on, you just pause it, go into another room and play it on your Vita. So now this is coming to the Sony tablets. So you'll be able to do the same thing. Only Sony tablets and phones. That's the issue. And they said they had
0: no intent of bringing it to Android or iOS. So I just, you know...
2: It's really closed off, isn't it? Yeah,
0: but it's obviously the secret weapon. And I can't imagine it making anyone buy a Sony tablet instead of an iPad, really, or Mm. an Android tablet, if that's what they wanted. And it's obviously a cool
2: selling point for the phones and stuff, but... Mm. I just can't imagine people really. The only way I can see it being a possibility is if someone has the Z3 phone and you can play it outside of your home network, or if they're really into it. If they're really into gaming and they want to play it on a, like a long commute to work every day, being able to play it on your phone yeah. that way.
0: I just don't. Think, but the experience will will be shonky. Mm. Even if you're out on the phone and uh, you're playing PS4 on your commute, it's not going to look great. You might as well play a Vita. Yeah. Or just not bother like I really don't think like I just don't think it'll be that good it's as simple as that no. I, just don't, I just don't think it the quality would be that good to warrant buying a Sony phone particularly for this niche feature that won't function
2: that well out and about like yeah so it's only in your home home Wi-Fi network and you know if you're constricted to your home then just play it on your TV you can play you can do remote play for, like over externally like from
0: like from the office, mm. but I don't know whether they'll close that at some point. Yeah. Um, you're gonna get an iPad, are you?
2: Yeah. It's the but, better but, device. But then
0: they'll never bring it to iPad because I don't. Because then I just think they're t- the like the bottom falls out of their tablet
2: market. Yeah. Because
0: mm-hmm. then you're basically emitting defeat.
2: Mm. But I mean, surely it's going to come eventually. It doesn't have to. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it. It would. There'll be a lot of demand for it if it works. To tablet, uh, to iOS and I, Android. I can
0: imagine PlayStation now coming to other tablets, but you might do it after a couple of years, just to see whether you can drum up interest in your kind of native tablet market. Yeah.
2: but interesting news. I mean, the, these phones and tablets—they're super high spec. They've got really impressive um, specs to them, and like the cameras are insanely good. And they they're just not. There's just something missing from them that I feel you get with an iPhone. Do you know what I mean? Like, you get, like, a a certain experience when you use an iPhone rather than using one of these... Well, the reason...
0: Well, I don't know, because they're Android-based, so, like, I don't know. We're talking in circles here, I think, really, but Mm. you're just saying
2: you hate Sony, and you need to get over it, Rich. Hey, I don't hate Sony, I just don't like their phones. Okay. Or tablets. But there you go, Remote Play um, is hitting Xperia Z3. Good.
1: There you go. (laughs) Cool. Alright, so moving on, uh, this week we have a film coming out called The Guest, which I really very much liked, Uh, it's got Dan Stevens of Downton Abbey fame, playing uh, a mysterious stranger who comes into the life of this family and messes things up, and it all turns violent and weird, but the film kind of starts out as a thriller, and then turns into a black comedy, and then it goes way off in another direction, in a totally different genre, so it got me thinking about genre mashups because we're seeing more and more of them these days and I'm wondering, do we like them? Which ones do we like? What don't we like? What shouldn't Hollywood do? What should Hollywood be doing? So guys, I'm opening up to you guys. What genre mashups in the movie world have you liked? Dan? Um,
0: I suppose it's kind of the one the most successful genre kind of hybrids that's been around for a while is horror comedies. It's kind of a rich vein. And there's some bad ones. Um, What was the one a few years ago with James Corden? The Lesbian Lesbian Vampire vampire Killers. That was was terrible. Yeah, But there's also been very good ones. And one of my favorite films growing up as a kid, and it's one of those naughty pleasures that I probably shouldn't have seen, was Peter Jackson's Braindead, which is a really kind of nasty, grisly splatter film. But it's also hilarious. And the first time I saw it was I was staying over at my cousin's house. And he had... My other cousin um, had a friend over to stay and i looked into the room to see what they were watching and it was the scene where the priest is kicking ass for the lord and he's doing this kung fu i was like what the hell is this cuz i was probably like 8 and i was kind of walking into the room and they didn't want me to be there cuz i was 8 and they were 15 and really cool cuz they were in a band and i was like why is this why is it, why is there a priest beating up zombies and they were like you're too young to watch this and then years later i watched it and i just something about I don't think it undermines the horror in the film because it's still pretty grisly and full on and it's not a scary scary film but it's some pretty disgusting things it's kind of a disgust film really it's Mm. a gore film but I think the comedy makes that film way better without the comedy element I think it's pretty average yeah but the comedy like when the zombies start trying to like hump each other on the dining room table stuff mm. like that it's, it's really funny
1: um, so that's definitely one of my favourite horror comedies I, gu- I guess horror and comedy make kind of good bedfellows don't they well there's actually there's like a lot of kind of screaming and laughing kind of go hand yeah. in hand sometimes when you're yeah, in the cinema well,
0: yeah like there's a lot of academic essays on why the two genres kind of intersect nicely like sometimes you find when you watch a really scary film
2: with an audience people will laugh to kind of slightly just kind of purge mm. the fear I found that, like, when watching the Evil Dead, it's so horrific that the only thing you can do is kind of just like, oh, my God. That's, that's, like, that's kind of the ho- horror comedy again. I'm, yeah. I'm, but I'm talking
0: about, like, in a really, really p- purely horror film where it's trying to scare you, the way that you relieve the tension of being scared and on edge is you'll, like, you'll hear people, like, tittering mm. just because they know something's coming yeah. and it's, just, it's
1: almost a way of venting the fear. It's funny, having got to know a few horror directors and watched films, watched them watch their films, like stand at the back of cinemas at early screenings, it's the same reaction the director has to like a a comedy director waiting for the laughs. Like they're all excited and they're cracking up. The the more the audience screams, the the happier they become. Mm, It's it's quite a similar, it's it's a similar reaction you're trying to elicit from the audience. Um, There's a really good one coming out called Housebound actually, which I spoke about probably was it like it was probably last week was yeah. it in the lost one last week yeah. <laughs> yeah so look out for that i think it's going to come out in october but that's very like peter jackson mix of mix of high. it's from new zealand as well
2: have you got what about you rich what, yeah this springs to mind there's a few are like so um got like shaolin soccer mm-hmm. which is a good little mashup. so you got a mix of of a uh, football soccer film and martial arts film um just really crazy cartoon kind of um like visual effects in there uh, like taking the basics of of a football game like soccer moves and just really making them so elaborate and crazy that it just really works on screen, I think. That's Stephen Chow, mm. who actually did maybe my favourite one because it's there's so
1: much he mashes up. Have you seen Kung Fu Hustle? Yeah. Yeah, so you've got like a really violent gangster film. You've got um, a Busby Berkeley style musical Yeah, with musical numbers. You've got... Um, serious martial arts going on hmm. and it's really funny. Yeah. But there's also kind of some Looney Tunes inspiration going on there. Like, it's like a cartoon as well. Definitely. Yeah. He's brilliant at mixing stuff up.
2: Really good. Yeah. I enjoyed both those films quite a lot. Um Yeah, I think that's probably one of my favourite mashups. Sean Soccer, how about you? Um...
1: The the one that springs to mind when I think about that is From Dust Till Dawn just because it's so weird the way it just straight down the middle it's it's, they don't mix they don't mix the genres there's just a crime caper like a you know Tarantino crime movie and then full on vampire horror and it's just weird it just Literally happens in the blink it's of an eye. The two night. cars, mm.
0: like, welded together. Yeah. Like you look at from the front. It almost like that um, Father Ted moment when they're looking at the car from the front and it looks like a normal car you go around back and it's all, like, dinged in. Yeah. It's like,
1: what's happened around? It's such a weird thing to do, but I was quite brave of them. So what's the point in a mashup?
0: Like, what... Is, is there kind of a synergy going on here? Or do certain genres kind of overlap? For instance, like, another one that's kind of name-checked a lot is... Um, sci-fi and westerns yeah there's certain things about Loans. the kind of like why they kind of
1: are compatible but I guess some work and some don't so maybe the question is why do some work and why, why do some why didn't Cowboys and Aliens work when it should have done when it had all uh, it would you feel like you had all the ingredients there a good director great movie stars uh, a huge amount of money they could spend on it to make it look amazing it was just boring Mm. that felt to me like it should have been a western or, or a science fiction film but when they mixed the two together it just felt odd and out of place yeah it, it kind of works well when the western kind of tropes
0: and themes are transplanted and done in space mm. it, it doesn't say that that's a more uneasy hybrid though I think that's more crude yeah like you're literally going oh well we've got a western here a western setting so it's superficially a western I don't remember that film being kind of using the tropes of the patterns of a Western where you've got like, I don't know, like encountering other people and stuff like making particular journeys and stuff like that. Mm. It just seems like, oh, let's throw down some aliens Mm, into a Western setting, which seems
1: slightly less sophisticated. Yeah. Westworld was a good one, but maybe that's a full on sci-fi that they just sprinkled a little bit of Western on top of it. And it's maybe become known as a Western, but I guess you've got Rome in there and there's loads of other stuff going on in Westworld. Back to the Future Three, that genre mashup. It's just a Back know, to the Future it's film, isn't it? Back to the Future in the trappings
0: of a western. Yeah, I, I think this is where it's quite difficult. Obviously, this is not exact science. No, no, it's kind of you just going on gut feeling. Yeah, but there's some that kind of just use a setting or this like the cloth of a certain genre, mm. but on a
1: deeper level, it's just a standard film. Mm. Um, there's one that's quite good fun that's coming out soon called Stage Fright. I think it's called. And that's kind of like Glee crossed with a slasher movie. Wow. And it's quite good fun because the songs in it are really... They've taken both sides of it seriously. So the violence is really full on. But the music is, you know, its for the most part, it, it is a musical. And the music, the songs are really good. Meatloaf's in it, singing a song. And um, Mini Driver sings a song. She's quite good. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess... <laughs> It, it's when it feels natural. Like I, I think it really feels natural in *Shaun of the Dead* to have the horror mixed with comedy, mixed with romance. I guess no one had really done romance in a in a in that kind of movie, and that it felt like guys, you know, the, the guys who made that felt like they understood all three genres really well, and were able to combine them without it feeling forced mm. at all. Yeah, yeah, but and none none of those is
0: kind of underserviced. I think you forget the kind of the romance line in Shaun of the Dead because you, you remember maybe more mm. of the gratuitous of scenes. Yeah. But it is serviced pretty well, trying to get the girl back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, all the way through. How about video games? Has this come up much in video games, mashing up genres? Oh, God, you put me on the spot there. Um, I
0: suppose one that comes to mind, just because we're talking about Westerns, is doing Red Dead Redemption. Mm. Like Rockstar always are kind of deeply influenced by genre. Genre cinema is a big thing for them. Like yeah. there Throughout GTA series and Red Dead Redemption, it is proper Western. Like it, it, the stories, the missions you go on are all kind of hark back to traditional plots in Westerns. There's shots that are taken directly from like The Searchers. There's a shot where John Morrison stands in the doorway, mm. just like in The Searchers. And then for the DLC, they introduced zombies and they did a very kind of it felt like an exploitation film like really exploitative concept why don't we throw do a zombie western and it was probably one of my favorite bits of DLC of all time. Hmm. So it really got the fact that it was doing a very B-movie concept. Mm. And it really hammed it up. They even got the digital actors almost like ham up their performances. So it all kind of works and tied together. And you had like, you know, the coloring, the, the artwork they did for it looked like an old kind of exploitation po- poster. So I think that's probably one, one that immediately springs to mind. And it's probably one of the best pieces of D- DLC out there because mm. it was made by someone who gets a genre mm. and understands why, how, how basically how you would pitch that. So I can imagine another company trying to do a bit of DLC where they go, let's just put zombies in our game. Mm. Yeah. And it would literally be the same game presented in the same way. But I think they knew how to pitch it
1: to the audience. I'm surprised more people haven't. Yeah. I thought that you would have just been seen, seen zombies thrown into everything like they have been in films yeah. and comics lately yeah there's lots of zombie games around but
0: mm. um, they did it where it felt like what they were, by using zombies they weren't just going oh, let's throw loads of zombies in they were really kind of um, tying in the kind of Ramiro kind of vibe mm. and the, like, the poster art and stuff like that
1: mm. I want to play that one then it's really good
2: I've yeah. got a copy
0: on my desk if you want to
2: have a look cool it's cool I've got another film actually, which I'm, yeah. um, which I really likes, uh, about time. Yeah. So 2013 film. So It's it's kind of like romance sci-fi, mm. which is really good. Have you both seen it? I've seen about time. Yeah, yeah. I've seen about yeah. time. So it's a British film, Richard Curtis film. Yeah. Um, it's got great actors in it. I can't I can't remember the Irish guy. It's it got I can't Gleason, his name. It? Yeah. Yeah. Dom Hall. That's it. Dom yeah. Hall Gleeson mm. and Rachel McAdams and it's about a guy who. Um, realizes uh, who finds out that when he's 21 he can start time traveling and so he kind of goes back to when he f- to when he first meets this girl and then gets it wrong over and over again until he finally gets it right and then obviously there's a spanner in the works where he can no longer uh, travel back in time for a certain reason which i won't give away um and yeah i think it's just a, per- it was a perfect balance of time travel and y- mm. y- your classic kind of romance british romance drama because It didn't feel out of place at all. I thought it was really well balanced. I don't know how they did it like that because you know normally you'd think it doesn't fit, it doesn't work. But um, I wasn't thinking why can he travel back in time? It was like yeah, this just fits. I really enjoyed it.
0: I I think it's quite a sweet movie. Like Mm. it's uh,
1: that's kind of like high concept comedy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I I suppose. What were we gonna say, Chris? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was thinking there's there's a film called Somewhere in Time actually, which if you like that, you'll like that. Probably it's it, that's another romance that's about time that travel Freeth? as well.
0: Yeah, that's a Richard Matheson
1: short story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's or Groundhog novel. Day has an element of if it's not time travel, it's kind of you know that's romance and sci-fi like a high concept yeah. idea. And there's one another one I recommend is Outlander, which no one I've went never to seen Outlander. It sounds bonkers. Yeah, it was really good. It came out five years ago, and it's weird. Like it's got really good actors in it. It's it's um. John Hurt, Ron Perlman, Jim Caviezel, and it's Vikings versus aliens, and it worked. Where Cowboys versus Aliens doesn't, Cowboys and Aliens rather, this one does. Outlander does, and it should have been a bigger hit, and it should have spawned sequels. It's what a really it cool different? movie. Uh, it just works for some reason. You really like. It's fun watching the Vikings trying to deal with this modern technology and trying to understand it, and just just the larger than life performances in it, and 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 the effects. Although it's quite low budget, it all kind of pulls together mm. I recommend that one but maybe we should open it up to our audience
0: yes yeah, so, and we also need some feedback we're in desperate need of feedback we've rushed yep. through the sack and
1: it's all empty if we don't get any feedback Daniel will die yeah oh he's fading away you fade, you've fade. you been fading oh, like away back like, to the future. like the back to the future photograph
0: yeah um, so please send in your feedback also always to IGN underscore UK feedback IGN dot uh, that incredibly memorable and pithy email address. So we look forward to reading all your emails this week. Um, please write in so we can do a reader review section next week. <laughs> so until next week, we're going to be playing and watching stuff this weekend. What is out at the cinema, Chris?
1: Uh, at the cinema this week is the film Sex Tape, which stars Jason Segel and Cameron Diaz. I- and they did the most amazing piece of publicity this week by having the iCloud... Reveal all these yeah. se- these nude photos of celebrities. Amazing tie-in. I, I bet they couldn't believe their look. Yeah. yeah. Amazing tie-in. Because uh, I believe that the, the, the sex tape that they record is through the iCloud that it ends yeah. up on all their, f- their friends' you know, um, you know iPads. What do you... No- do you know the ridiculous way that all their friends can see this? Yeah,
0: mate, it's a terrible plot. Because they bought all their friends' iPads yeah. for Christmas. Yeah. Who he buys gets, their friends' iPads? Who are these relatable iPad? characters he... that
1: bought 50 of their friends' but hasn't iPads? he has been given loads of iPads as gifts and he's re gifting or something. Like, oh. none of it makes any sense. Also, those weird Jason Segel being really thin
2: he lost loads of weight because he was self-conscious about taking the shirt off well oh, I would oh, really? in front of Cameron Diaz yeah. Yeah, I'll I'm, be doing alright <laughs> Brent suck <laughs> in the gut uh, we gave it a 7.0 and
1: that's, said it was that's a, quite high said it was a good date movie make of that what you will blame, blame <laughs> Jim if you didn't like it uh, they came together which is a spoof comedy which I reviewed actually uh, it's Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler and it's kind of very much Naked Gun Airplane Okay, but an even thinner plot than those What's movies have. What's the setting? Have. It's set in New York. It's it's a spoof of romantic comedies. What, well, like Woody Allen yeah. stuff? Yeah. And it's, I mean it is funny that, that you know that those films, it's got more hits than misses in terms of joke. There's a joke every 30 seconds. Some of them are a bit dumb some of them are a bit crude but uh, the two actors are really likeable and yeah there, there is, there's enough material there for them to mine but it's very paper thin like you'll it's one of those films you forget about 30 seconds after you've watched it uh the film called before i go to sleep uh coming out which we haven't got a review of um and i don't know if we will have but um it stars colin firth nicole kidman and mark strong and it's kind of like 50 first dates but if it was a thriller Uh, based on a best-selling book I read the book I've seen the movie I'd read the book the film doesn't quite nail it but yeah Nicole Kidman wakes up every day with her memory wiped she's got this strange amnesia and uh, her husband's Colin Firth and he has to kind of re-educate her every day as to who she is and then she starts suspecting that maybe he's not all that he seems this man so it's it's a nice setup. the payoff isn't brilliant in the movie it's better in the book and then finally the guest which I mentioned earlier um Dan Stevens it's a really cool fun genre mashup Um, that's the film you should go and see this weekend I Mm. gave it a 7.8 and thoroughly enjoyed
0: big fan big fan yeah we've also got a review commentary on site as well so you can see me and you having a bit more of an in-depth chat we have a wag
1: about it plus an interview with Dan Stevens in which I ask him if he'll play Bond and he bats the questions away without asking Hmm. and once you've looked at all that go on YouTube and watch the <laughs> interview he did this week with Susanna Reid on Good Morning Britain because it's very funny what she says to him yeah from 145 Susanna it's a bit rude but why did she not understand why it was funny she's too innocent don't tarnish Susanna with your dirty thoughts I won't she's a Crystal Palace fan so I love her but
0: I, I love her for different reasons. That was ridiculous. <laughs> How about the games this week? So we're still in a holding pattern before the big releases come out later this month, October, November. So this week we've got Minecraft coming eventually to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One kind of know everything you need to know about that game I guess because it's been out on every single platform mm. but Minecraft coming to next-gen consoles finally and then the other big game coming out this week and we still don't have a review of it on site because it's a review in progress and the EA got us the game when it came out which is Sims 4 so Sims loads of new improvements uh, much more in depth character customization than ever before but we're going to have review in progress thoughts each day this week so if you want to like know where we're at what we think of the game check the site but Sims 4 is out now.
1: Cool. I will look forward to playing that. Yes, yeah, so I think that's about it, guys, isn't it? Yeah. That's
0: so it. hopefully this podcast mm. has recorded and you've made it this far. I'm sorry if it hasn't, but then you won't be able to hear this. I've made
2: precautions as well. If oh, it hasn't,
0: you've made so.
1: precautions. If it doesn't work out, then next week we will be flogging Rich Bear Park. Yeah. For the first two minutes of the pod. <laughs> Brilliant. Flogging him off. <laughs>
0: Beating him off. <laughs> Beat him off. <laughs> Beating him off some <laughs> stiff competition great alright well yeah (laughs) I don't get it on that bombshell uh, thanks for tuning in best pod ever